Merry Christmas Eve. Man, how's everybody doing? All right, I got a question for the kids in the house. Kids, what is the highest thing that you have ever jumped off of? You can go ahead and shout it out. What's the highest thing you've ever jumped off of? Playground, your house. Someone jumped off their house. Dang. Daredevil. Oh my goodness, man, we got some high things. Wow. Man, see, so I've heard lots of things. So maybe for some of you, it's a stair in your staircase. I heard a tree, like that tree in the tree fort. Someone was the top of the bunk bed, right? So now you've jumped off of some high things, but I got, I got someone who's got you beat. In 2016, Luke Akins, he set the Guinness World Record for making the highest jump, or the highest thing jumped from. He jumped out of an airplane without a parachute. He was the first person in the history of the world to jump out of an airplane without a parachute or a wingsuit and live to tell the tale, all right? Now, he jumped from 25,000 feet. If we can put this picture up here, that is about twice the usual distance of a, a, a skydive jump, right? So he jumped from 25,000 feet. He's like out by the edge of space. And he had two minutes of free fall at 120 miles per hour plunging towards the earth. Now, in order to not just hit the ground, he had to land and veer into a 10,000-square-foot net. This, this was one-third of the size of a football field that he had to coordinate. It was suspended by four cranes. He had to coordinate landing within it. Now, the difference between soaring and splatting <laughs> when you jump without a parachute is landing in the net. And so how did he do this? Well, he had a GPS system and he had lights to guide the way. He had a whole team of scientists and physicists and engineers who were helping him test the suit and prepare the net and examining what the speed and the velocity and the direction of movement he would be at and testing the exact spot, you know, place we didn't know where he got close to the net, he had to, the very last second, flip onto his back to land cradled into the net in a cocoon like a baby to a live audience clapping and cheering, and they called this Operation Heaven Sent. Operation Heaven Sent was the longest descent made from heaven to earth, and at Christmas Eve tonight, we are gathered tonight like the live crowd, that audience preparing and waiting and looking up into the skies, up into the heavens. We are gathered here tonight for Operation Heaven Sent. Everyone say, Heaven Sent. We are here tonight for Heaven Sent, where Jesus actually got the Guinness World Record beat, right? The longest descent from heaven to earth, from God's heavenly throne to a humble manger. And he did it without a parachute, right? And my question for Christmas Eve tonight, for us on this eve of Christmas, is why not just drop in? Like, if you're Jesus, why not just parachute in, 33 years old, ta-da, I'm here, to the adoring fans, the viral videos, the wow factor. But instead, on a silent night, in a little town of Bethlehem, Jesus enters into the world. And instead of adoring fans and live video cameras, he's got heavenly choir of angels witnessing the Son of God descend to earth. And instead of a net to catch him, he lands in Mary's womb. This is a strange way to enter the world. And so I want to ask tonight, why does Jesus choose to enter 
our world this way. The title for the message tonight is Heaven Sent. Let's turn to Luke 1. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to be in verse 35. And just prior to this, Mary has been told that she is going to uh, conceive the Messiah. She is going to be pregnant with the Messiah, and she's going to give birth to the Messiah into the world. And verse 34, Mary asked the obvious follow-up question to the angel, like, how will this be since I am a virgin? It's a good question. So verse 35, the angel responds. It says, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow. Everyone say overshadow. Power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Okay. The first thing we see here is Mary is going, how will this happen? And the angel tells her, God's going to make you the drop zone. God will make you the drop zone. Mary, you are going to be the place where heaven hits earth. Mary, you are going to be the net to catch the incoming son of God. The angel tells her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that word overshadow is actually a temple image. It shows up in the Old Testament where the glory of God, the presence of God overshadowed the temple as God prepared to fill it with his glory. Places like Exodus 40, verse 35, where the glory of God settled upon and overshadowed the tabernacle and the temple, and God was preparing to flood it with his presence and fill it with his glory. Mary is being depicted here like a temple who is about to be filled with the glory of God. Now, this is a shock that Mary would be depicted as the temple. Earlier in this chapter, in Luke 1, uh, it opens with, at the actual temple, the concrete brick and stone temple, and Zechariah the high priest going into the most holy place of the temple, and he also receives an angelic visitor. And the angel tells him, hey, the Messiah is coming, only he's not gonna parachute down into the temple space right here. He's now saying, Mary, you are gonna be the temple. You are gonna be the, the place that God fills with his presence to enter into the world through. Now, why is Mary the drop zone? Well, she is the net because he is going to be knit together in her womb, Christ the Messiah. Jesus is going to receive his humanity from Mary. There was a false teaching in the early church, a heresy known as docetism. It came from the Greek word dokeo, which means to seem. And the false teaching was that Jesus only seemed human. He wasn't truly human. And so this false teaching was that Jesus, he wasn't really fully human. He only seemed human, but he was more like a hologram, like a divine hologram. And if you were to get close to him and kind of peel back the flesh and the bone, they weren't real. And the spirit and the soul were not real. And if you picked it inside, it was really just like a hologram, an avatar, a figment of your imagination, because he was divine. And he kind of beamed down, but he wasn't truly fully human. But the gospel that we come to celebrate this Christmas Eve is that, no, Jesus is fully human. And the power of Mary being the drop zone is that Jesus is going to receive his humanity from her. The womb is a fascinating drop zone. It's not an immediate landing. It's a nine-month process of formation. And I find it fascinating to imagine Jesus being formed these nine months in Mary's womb. At month one, if you will imagine with me, Jesus is developing structures that will eventually form his face and neck. The one who gave life to the world, his heart and his blood vessels are forming, as are his lungs, his stomach, and his liver. 
A month two, Jesus is now a little over half an inch in size. The omniscient one who sees and hears all, his eyelids and his ears are forming. You could see the tip of his nose and his arms and legs are well formed. By month four, Jesus has started to make his own movements. His eyes can blink and his heart and blood vessels are fully formed. The one whose fingers made the stars, his fingers and toes now have fingerprints. By month five, Jesus weighs about 10 ounces, and he's a little more than six inches long. The one who is God's outstretched mighty right arm to save, he can now suck his thumb, yawn, stretch, and make faces. This is often called the quickening stage, where Mary can possibly feel him move. In month seven, in the final trimester, Jesus is growing rapidly. He'll gain up to half his birth weight between now and delivery at Christmas. His brain and his lungs are developing. He's moving around, getting restless until finally, on a silent night in a little town, Bethlehem, he'll emerge from Mary's womb into the world. Why is Mary the drop zone? Why is her womb the net? Because the, the net, because this is where the eternal Son of God becomes the fully human son of man. He has come to find us in our humanity, to fuse his divine life with our flesh and bone and to seek us out, to fill her as a temple and to unite himself with her so that he can come and find us in our humanity. God has come to make you, church, the drop zone, to receive his incoming presence. Now, obviously, you and I are not Mary. We are not doing the virgin birth. The incarnation was a one-time deal. But Mary has been understood historically as a type or a picture of our identity as the church, as the people of God. And the reality that we find in the gospel is that God has come not only to be with you, but to be in you. That God has come not only to be with you as Emmanuel, God with us, but to be in you, his spirit, his presence to come upon you, his power as the most high to overshadow you and to fill you with his presence and his power and his glory. That you and I, that we as the church are the temple that Christ has come to fill, to fill us with his presence and unite himself to your humanity and to extend his life into the world through you and I as his body, as his people, as his temple, vehicles to carry his indwelling presence. God has come to make you the drop zone to receive the son of God at Christmas. Now, it's powerful that when you receive the life of God inside of you, it changes you. When the net receives the skydiver, it changes the shape and form of the net. How many of you know that Mary was transformed by her experience of carrying Jesus? That baby Jesus, his cells were passing through the placental wall and working their way into her bloodstream and up into her brain. And there's new science has found not only does the mom form the baby, but the baby forms the mother that these cells will stay with you till you die. My mom has still got little pieces of Josh floating around inside of her. Right? <laughs> and they found it can impact and change the mother, the, the, the brain even. The, 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 uh, they found that it tends to increase the brain's processing speed. So why moms famously are so great at multitasking, right? Like doing multiple things at once. Also, I can decrease the storage capacity, right? Like kind of the memory. And this is the famous, where are my keys? The mommy brain, right? Like, like, there are these tendencies, but here's the thing. Is that similarly, Jesus inside of you changes you. 
When you have Christ formed inside of you, it begins to change you. You get his Holy Spirit DNA. You get his cells, his things rupturing and floating throughout the rest of your body and beginning to transform you from the inside out. Suddenly you find your memory change. Your memory decreases that you no longer remember the ways of sin and the darkness that you used to live in. Those memories begin to fade and that hopelessness begins to be gone because Christ is bringing in you new life, salvation, transformation. And not only that, you begin to find that your processing speed picks up. You are able to multitask with the things of the kingdom that even in the midst of your everyday life, you are attentive to the presence of God and the work of God as children of God bearing his presence to the world. God has come at Christmas to make you the drop zone, not only to form Christ, not only to form Christ in you, but for you to be formed by Christ from the inside out, transformed. The invitation for us is to receive Christ, the Son of God, this Christmas. Well, how does Mary respond? How does she respond to this invitation? Let's pick up in verse 38. Her words to the angel, Mary says, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be unto me. Mary essentially says, land here. Land here. Mary is saying, let it be unto me. Make me the drop zone. I will be the net. I will receive the child. God, I want you here. I long for your salvation, not only at work in the world, but at work in my life. Let it be unto me. Land here. This phrase, let it be unto me, it's been understood strongly as a, a cry of faith and of trust and of desire that Mary longs and desires to be a vehicle for the work of God in her life and in the world. And she is praying, yes, I will receive God's action. Yes, she prays, I will receive God's redemptive action in the world. Prayer and action, she prays, God's action. Now, prayer and action, we have been celebrating that this month. We've been focusing on prayer and action, that we want to become a people of prayer and action in response to the God who hears our prayers and takes action. And this that we see in Mary, though, is at the heart of what it means to be a people of prayer and action, right? That she prays not only to celebrate God's action out there, but to receive God's action in here, his redemptive work at work in the world in her own life. She says, let it be unto me, God, I'll be the drop zone, make me the net, maybe the place where heaven touches earth, where your kingdom come and your will is done on earth as in heaven. Let me be a place where heaven touches down on earth and where the life of God is brought to birth in me into the world. But I have another question here is, why couldn't Jesus just be conceived the normal way, right? The stork for the kids in the room, right? Like, why, couldn't, why couldn't Jesus be conceived the normal way, not drop down with the parachute, but the, her and Joseph have a child the usual way? Well, the issue is that then Jesus would be human, but not God. And this was another false teaching in uh, the early church, another heresy that had to be confronted, and it was this idea that 
uh, Jesus was just kind of marrying Joseph's kid. They had this normal human baby, and he grew up, but he got really good grades, and he did really good in life, and he became valedictorian of his high school, and God was like, dude, I'm impressed. That's pretty great. I'll, I'll take you on as my son. And so God exalted him because of how good he was as a human and said, now you can be the son of God. And the gospel says, no, that undercuts grace. That undercuts the grace that's at the center of the Christmas story, that this is, Jesus is not a rocket that we're shooting from earth up to heaven. Jesus is a skydiver who's come from heaven to earth. Like Jesus is not, this is not Operation Heaven Sent about, I'm sorry, this is not Operation Earth Sent. We're trying to go up from earth into heaven to find God. This is Operation Heaven Sent where God is coming from heaven to earth to find us. Jesus is divine. He is God breaking into his world and taking on flesh to come and find us. You know, sometimes in conflict zones, when there is war or disaster and it's troubled on the ground, that uh, there will be food drops. We'll do airdrops of food down into these conflict zones, areas where people cannot get the food or the medicine or the vital supplies they need because of the conflict that's raging on the earth. But the people on the ground, what they will do is they will make signs on the ground. They will make like a big bullseye on the ground for where to drop so that the airdrop knows where to come. And what the people are essentially saying is, land here, land here. We need the food. We need the medicine. We need the supply. We need the rescue. We need the salvation. We need the things because we are living in a war-torn land and we need the rescue, land here. The reason that you and I are here tonight, this Christmas Eve, is that we are saying, land here. Jesus, land here. We are in a conflict zone, the trauma of a fallen world where we see the ravaging all around us, and yet we are gathered here tonight as the people of God crying, Jesus, we need, this is like the big giant bullseye in the, in the field where we're going, land here. Jesus, we need the salvation that you have come to bring this Christmas. We long, we want the salvation, the new life. The, and, and the crazy thing about Christmas is that the greatest gift God brings, it's not just the, the food and the medicine and the supplies as important and everything as those things are at the center. What God gives us, it's not just the stuff and the supplies, but he gives us himself. He gives us his son. He gives us his presence, that God has come to be with us and to give us his presence. Now, I'm curious, what is the thing that you are most looking forward to this Christmas? What's the thing that you're most looking forward to? I know uh, for Holly and I, I think the thing that we have most been looking forward to this month at Christmas is getting our closet back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Our closet, it is chock full of presents, right? Like, dude, we've gotten to know the Amazon delivery dude by name, first name, you know, coming up every day. And man, the boxes are stacked and I can't even get to my clothes. You know how much work it took me to find my suit in the back of the closet tonight? I I've got to tiptoe around loads of presents and reach on the, the, the hook and try and pull it, pull it back. How, how difficult it's become to get at our wardrobe get any, some papers I needed yesterday up in the top corner of the closet. It's been difficult to get to anything in the closet because the whole thing is slam chocked full of presents. Any kids in the room, what do your parents' closets look like? 
<laughs> you see, are, are you banned from looking in there even? Are you, are you banned from checking it out? I, we've been wanting to get to the stuff in the closet, but there's too much presence. And the reality of Christmas here is that Jesus wants to slam every room of your life chock full of his presence, right? His goal this Christmas in making you the drop zone is to slam your life chock full of his presence where you wouldn't even be able to get to the other. You'd be like, man, I'm trying to tiptoe. I, I, I can't even get to, to I, man, my sin because I have to tiptoe around Jesus's presence. I can't even find and get back to the darkness because the whole room is flooded with the light of Christ's presence. I can't even get to my former hopelessness because, man, every room and corner of my life, Jesus is beginning to fill and flood and saturate with his presence. Jesus' goal is to get you this Christmas to the point that, man, there's just too much presence. There's too much. I'm bursting at the seams with your presence, but that is where the goodness is. That is where the life is. And so we're crying out tonight, Jesus, land here. We need your presence. We want your presence. We want you here, Jesus. It's my question for you tonight. Is there room for his presence this Christmas? Maybe you have been turning away the Holy Spirit delivery every day <laughs> at the door. And the invitation tonight, it's time to open the door and let in his presence. As we await this Christmas Eve, what we're celebrating tomorrow, Christmas morn, it's when Jesus land here, we want, we need your presence. It's been a busy season. You've had the to-do list and the hectic stuff and all that, but what I wanna invite you to tonight is that tonight we would clear away the clutter we would make space to receive his presence. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never experienced the presence of Jesus. And the invitation of the gospel is he's going, I want to make you a drop zone for my grace, for my mercy, for not just the stuff, but to give you my very self, God is saying, in Christ, to make you a home for my presence. And the invitation that we have as people of God is to say, yes, land here. Jesus, we want you, land here. I wanna invite you tonight, it's just kind of become my, my phrase this week, my little thing I've been repeating is the phrase, we want you here, I want you here. Tonight as you go home and you have maybe that meal tonight, you're ready, that, that maybe that prayer as you step into that meal, Jesus, we want you here. As you go to bed tonight, you turn out the light, Jesus, we want you here. And tomorrow morning, as you wake up, begin to unwrap the gifts, the greatest gift of the center. Jesus, we are so glad because we want you here. The reason we're here tonight is to say, land here, Jesus. When we light the candles in a bit, what we're saying is land here. And as we sing these songs beneath the words, we're singing land here. And so I wanna invite you to stand and I'm gonna pray and we're gonna sing and worship and the invitation church is that the skydiver has come operation heaven sent is complete he has come he wants to make you the drop zone and the invitation is to respond and say yes jesus land here so would you join me in prayer jesus thank you lord our christmas cry this year is we want you here 
God, we declare as your people land here, we want to receive the child. Lord, let it be unto us, Lord. Fill us with Jesus. Fill us with your presence, Lord. We want you here, God. I want you here. Make us a place for your kingdom come on earth as in heaven, God. God, thank you. God, that you have come and you desire to make us the drop zone, God, to receive the incoming Son of God. Lord, we receive you, God. We long to see Christ formed in us and for us to be formed by Christ, God. And we cry out that, man, we're grateful for and we celebrate all of the festivity and joy of the season, but above it all, Jesus, we want you here. Lord, we have prepared ourselves for you as a home. We have desired for you to dwell. So have our soul, our body, our life, God, as a home for your presence. Come power the most high God. Take up residence within us. We receive you, Lord, this Christmas and desire and want you here, Lord. Jesus, it's in your mighty, holy name that we pray. Amen.